Continuing on in Psalm 37, we're going to be reading verses 12 through 15. So if you'd rise, please, as we read God's inner word. Verses 12 through 15. The wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. For he sees that the Lord laughs at him, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy to slay those who are of upright conduct. Their sword shall enter their own heart and their bows shall be broken. Father, thank you that we can now hear again your precious word and come to your table. Having heard your word, may we come rightly, may we come uh, with joy and humility. Help us, Father, to hear your word now and uh, to seek to apply it in the power of the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, as we go through Psalm 37, we're going to continue learning <clears throat> about what the wicked are like, what they are like, and we're going to uh, keep rejoicing in and being reminded of the outcome for the righteous, for the people of God. And there's quite a contrast. Verse 12 says, the wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. Now, I won't show you what gnashing looks like. Uh, you probably know what that means, like grinding your teeth. So the wicked are scheming. They are plotting. They are planning to destroy God's people, and they always have. So we shouldn't be surprised. This shouldn't shock us now. And I'd like to read from The Divine Right of Resistance, a booklet that I think I sent you all this week. I hope I did. And maybe some of you have already read it. This is the beginning of this book. Church shutdowns. Christians forbidden to meet. Christian businesses forced to close. Weapons outlawed. Sidewalk preaching banned. Accusations of thought crimes. It all sounds like something from a dystopian novel or headlines from last week. But this list isn't from last week. It's from the first century, A.D. Enemies still doing this. So here's another small book you can read, by the way. Just another book. Now, gnashing teeth is a, a description of uh, great anger and frustration at something. And uh, it could be envy also, hatred, hatred of the righteous in this case. So hatred, um, these are groups, whole groups, whole nations of people essentially are gnashing their teeth at what Christians are doing. They hate it. They hate what we say. They hate what we do. Matthew 8 talks of those who are uh, cast into outer darkness. It says where they will weep and gnash their teeth. And there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth there. And Matthew Henry said, In hell there will be great grief, floods of tears shed to no purpose, anguish of spirit. That's what the end is for them. If, unless they repent. Now, we all deserve punishment, of course, since we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all been rebellious. We are all rebellious. But God, in his mercy, spares his own. Matthew Henry said, for the people on earth, he said, sinners will gnash their teeth also for spite and vexation, full of the fury of the Lord. They're angry at the Lord, and so it will become upon us. They're angry at the Lord, seeing with envy the happiness of others. 
And of the one who is angry at the Lord now, <clears throat> which is utterly foolish, verse 13 says, The Lord laughs at him, for he sees that his day is coming. The Lord knows, of course, all the days for each of us, even before we were yet born. He knows also the day of judgment. He sees that his day, the wicked's day, is coming, meaning that the Lord knows the day of reckoning for those who will not repent. The wicked think they can see ahead to some degree and that they will only continue to gain or keep fighting to gain anyway. And they would rightly be fearful if they knew what awaited them. Now, one perspective on this I thought about was uh, the contrast was uh, for the wicked. Let's say, let's call them the, the unrepentant. This world and what they can get, what they think they can get, what they fight to get, is the best they will ever know. But for the believer, this world is, if you want to phrase it this way, the worst we will ever experience. Because our inheritance is far more glorious than the best the wicked sometimes have. We have an amazing inheritance, a glorious one. And we'll look later at Psalm 37, verse 18, and it says there, The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. And again, we must rest in the fact that the Lord knows all these things. He knows the days for the wicked, ending in judgment, and he knows the days of the upright, and he controls it all. Verse 14 says, The wicked have drawn the sword, they have bent their bow, to cast down the poor and needy, to slay those who are of upright conduct. And sometimes we are the target in that. So they, these folks are, these folks who hate the Lord, who hate his people, they are really ready. And we've seen that, I think, in this year. They're ready. They're ready to kill. Their sword is drawn, their bow is bent. They're ready to destroy if they can. They're ready to cast us down, to slay us. They're attacking to make an end of the people of the Lord. They're, they want to destroy the family and the, and the family of God. And so the righteous, the people of God, must also be ready, of course, because this is war. We have to be ready. And I hope you're all plodding through the uh, precious remedies against Satan's devices. I've been going slowly through it. It's been a, a blessing. Thomas Burke's wrote that a long time ago. But I think it, it's one of those books that we've handed out that uh, helps you to be mentally more ready. <clears throat> we must be ready to hold the shield of faith against the arrows of the enemy. We must be ready to exercise our faith in the promises of God and defeat the enemy, defeat their plots and defeat their wicked schemes, and be ready to be defensive and offensive with the sword of the word. So in other words, go on the attack, claiming and praying and singing the promises of God, which is so important for us to do. It's just such a blessing on the Lord's Day to be restored so that we can be ready to go out and do battle. And not only will the attack of the wicked with the sword not utterly destroy the people of God, but their own sword will be used against them. It says their sword shall enter their own heart. They will fall into the pit they have dug for others. Humanists, the wicked, the unrepentant, will end up destroying themselves. They reap what they sow. And their bows, it says, shall be broken. So their weapons, even, will cease to work. Their weapons will be made ineffective by the captain of the Lord of hosts, by our Lord who conquered all. 
And, praise God, by the saints who are a target, as I mentioned, but the saints who go forth overcoming the enemy by the power of the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, the word that they declare, which we did yesterday to some who certainly uh, do not know what they're talking about, what they're maybe going to experience. So let us not, brothers and sisters, fear the enemy, but do battle with the weapons of war that we have been given and trust in the promises of the Lord to vindicate his people and bring down his enemies. And so when we come to the table of the Lord to find and and enjoy grace, which we need, this grace that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ, we must come by faith that he is for us, uh, that he is our shield. His victory at the cross is also ours. His victory in him, our victory in him. So may we find grace here now at this table to help us in time of need in whatever battles you may be facing. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we come to worship you as the almighty king, the sovereign Lord who knows all things. And Lord, we do ask for strength in the battles that are upon us and that we would be more battle ready and ready to fight, ready to stand and having done all to stand in the evil day against the devices of the enemy. Lord, may we now receive grace to go forth in the power of your might and to conquer in your name and for your glory. For we ask it in the name of the King of Kings, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.